Okay, I see we're going to talk about it, but they're still selling tickets for both the next RSL game and the next Royals home game. Does that surprise you? <laughs> no? I think the the, uh, the limit is 10,000 cases a day, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at that rate, the whole state will have it. Um, welcome to episode 26 of Off the Crossbar. Hello! I tried, I tried to wait until Trevor's drinking coffee to say that, see if I, anything cool would happen, but nothing uh, cool happened. You get him doing a spit take? That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I did take a screenshot of his cat standing in the hallway when he got up earlier. But that's all I've got. Oh, that's pretty good. Trevor, how's your oh, cat? Weird. Good. He's chilling. So here's the thing. I have two different blankets that I like cycle through on my bed. And one is very fuzzy and the other like isn't at all. So he really likes a fuzzy one. But if it's been a while for me to like between like washes or whatever, right before I swap it out, I wash the one that's not on the bed so that I could put that one on the bed. And I have, I just washed it yesterday, but I haven't put it on the bed yet. And he likes it when it's freshly washed. So he's just chilling on that blanket right now. Getting it all dirty before I put it on my bed. It's a good thing cats don't shed, right? Yeah. I've got a specific smaller blanket that's on my bed because he likes to like lay next to me at night. Yeah. And so I've got a specific smaller blanket that sits next to my pillow that he sits on at night. And that one gets all the hair so that my sheets and my other blanket doesn't get all the hair. Hmm. But he still gets hair all over everything, so it's whatever. There. Yeah. Did your cat go on your kitchen counter and stuff? Uh, the, he doesn't really go on the kitchen counter for a couple reasons. Um, it's too because high for him to jump. Oh, right. And there's also just crap all over our kitchen counters just Good constantly. Call. Like, we don't have that much space. Gotcha. Okay. And we've got enough space for, like, some it's a food thing. It just yeah, it's a logistics thing. He he can't right. he can't fit. We've got some food and a griddle, and then like dishes on the other one. And yeah, you just I'm I'm like I don't actually I don't know how allergic to cats I am anymore. I don't really know. I don't really spend time around cats. I used to, um, but I would always I would always be scared anytime I was at someone's house and I would see their cat going all over their counter, and I was like, I think I'm gonna have a severe allergic reaction if I eat food here. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah so uh yeah but you know it's all it's all good but i don't really have much cat contact these days i'm uh, i'm in a cat free zone over here i am also in a cat free zone but i'm fine with cats i don't know cats are pretty I'm, cool but i might be allergic who knows but i don't know <laughs> one way to find out that's true we should rub we the cat, get a on cat. That. that sounds good and rub it on your face. Yeah. What's going on, guys? What's what's new? Uh, let's see. I see Trevor's got coffee, so that's not new. But Trevor, how are things? How are things? How have things been? It's been a minute. Things are good. Does anything happen? I don't think anything's happened. Everything's the no. same. I cleaned yes. my room. That's a monumental yeah. thing that happened. Actually, that's so good. I'm so my vacuum. Has like it's like the see-through like canister, so you can see all the dirt you're vacuuming up. I emptied it, and it filled up when I vacuumed my room, which is terrible. It was mostly like cat hair, so like fair enough. That makes sense. That's how long it's been since I've like truly vacuumed my bedroom. 
ladies. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's that's not incredibly good. impressive. <laughs> um, that's pretty good. Uh, Matt, what's new with you? Have so you cleaned I, your room? Um, <laughs> I did laundry. I think generally for me, cleaning my room is you know doing laundry because my side of the bed is full of laundry. So that's good. Side of the floor. I did recently buy, and we're not sponsored by them, so I won't say the name, a uh, soda making machine. Oh no! It puts it out in a stream. If that, <laughs> I don't. I don't want you to think that we're sponsored, but there are um, other soda making machines okay. available. How how is it, how it, is that? By the way, okay, I've really enjoyed it. and It's completely repa- replaced uh, my monthly subscription to Perrier. You had a monthly subscription to Perrier, or were you just buying it every month? Uh, Amazon subscribe and save. Uh, so. Okay, that's yeah. why you always had so much over there. Okay, yeah. Um, how often do you have to replace those canisters? That is a great question. I don't know. Okay. I think I need to get a backup one so I'm never out of soda water. Okay. But I've been thinking about getting one of those for a while. So is if that- you do, do it at Bed Bath & Beyond, who also uh, are exclusive premier sponsor. Because <laughs> um, I got like a $20 off coupon. Okay. And they always give out coupons. It's kind of ridiculous. Do you only make soda water with that or do you like ever experiment with like the root beer or the cherry Coke or whatever else flavors it comes in? I mean, I've used some of those like energy drops. In your soda water? Yeah. Okay. But generally like you'd want to put some sort of syrup or, or a, you know, drop or something in the water after carbonating. So it's uh, a little volatile if you do it with something else. Okay. I have thought it'd be fun to like, double carbonate soda or something but probably not helpful or useful or good yeah that's probably bad i gotta look these things up okay i had a friend who had one of those and they used to use it for they would just like they replaced their coke purchase with the like coke flavored soda stream whatever it was yeah Yeah. i've stopped using cocaine because of soda oh sorry (laughs) just kidding um i i did not like it it didn't taste good but yeah. Well, do you like plain sparkling water? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wait, so what did you like about this? What about the soda stream? Yeah. No, they like only made like the flavored sodas. Oh. Any of the flavored stuff. Like I just oh, didn't, I don't, I didn't yeah. enjoy it. I don't know about that. I don't like that. I got made fun of recently for ordering sparkling water. And I thought it wasn't of you, by Matt. one of us. It wait, was not Matt, by one of you, it was by somebody you, else. Do you have the one touch? I have the one touch. It's electric. And that meant that I could put it in a different spot in my kitchen than if I had to have it out and like pump action ready. So I would recommend the electric model. Okay. And it's, they have a white one, which getting white appliances is very important for certain people who are in this house, um, this apartment. So that's good. Wow. Look at this. Wow. I kind of want to buy it. What if I bought this while we were on pod? That'd be great. That would be great. Oh my goodness. Um, The Bed Bath & Beyond in Sugar House had it available for for pickup. So they probably have more. Mm. Or maybe I got the last one. What if I I ended today just a man without a a soda stream? Please beep that out in post. Um, what if I ended a Monday with as a as a man without a soda stream? I end on a Tuesday 
a man with a soda stream beep yeah i can't speak to the weird flavor drops that they have i don't i don't care i don't like flavors. Yeah. I, I've, no. I've I've been on the record saying that plain LaCroix is better than the flavor of LaCroix because the absence of flavor is better than the essence of such. So um, okay. I like plain. Okay, this is great. This is great. I'm glad I have a um, – I'm glad I have a uh, – wait, did you get the black one? Yeah, I got the black one. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see what's going on. I hope I can hope I can get this one. The black the white one's not sold in stores. Come on. Okay. Anyway, I'll get it soon. It'll be here soon. Cool. Um Good. with me, you might ask, what's new? I will ask what's new with you, Kyle. Uh I let's see. Oh, I start I got I got the remastered Tony Hawk Pro Skater one plus two. Uh, how is it? It's yes. really hard. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> there, well, I mean, I just like I just like playing online skate games with my friends. I thought, or I like playing just like skate games, just chilling on a skateboard, doing some tricks here or there, maybe. Yeah. Um. There, there are some zoomers that are playing this game that are just landing like million point combos. It's it's insane, and I thought I was just here having fun just relaxing with my friends, but it's really, I've been getting my butt kicked by these, what I can only assume to be incredibly talented children. Um, so that's, that's been, that's been, um, humbling for me, but it's really fun. And the soundtrack is really good. It's really, it's, it's, uh, it's a good blast to the past or nice. from the past blast. What's the saying? It's a blast, blast from the past. the past, it's a blast both to and from the past. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really good. Um, so that's that's nice. Um, let's see. We the the seasons are changing around us. So I that's went true. into the mountains today, and it was nice and and pretty. Um, and what I mean that the weather has been lovely today and yesterday and the rest of this week. I think is going to be delightful. Yeah, um, that's nice. I love I love good weather. Uh, it's too bad RSL hasn't had a game in like uh, three weeks. <laughs> it's oh really, boy. it's really bumming me out that RSL hasn't played for since that LAFC game. I think. Um, yeah. Um, I'm really excited to for win, win the second in a row this Wednesday. So yeah. Um, should, we, uh, should we start there? Yes, Trevor. Bad news. Dang it! Actually, dang it. There, um, there have been some games. Well, should we get to news hour first and let's then get to uh, news hour first? But I am still watching The Sopranos, which I for failed. To oh, measure, good. Which is good. Um, sorry, were you gonna, uh, Trevor? Go Trevor, you a soprano? I don't fan? have any. Yes, I'm a soprano. Well, okay, I got really excited about that. You're a yeah. soprano. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Sopranos fan. It seems like your I've voice is a little deep. I don't know. I know it's a pretty underground show, and I think that we. I, I think. Before. You and I are the ones who managed to stumble upon it. Yes. And we've seen that it's a good show. And I think a few other people have also followed our lead. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll I think we'll turn a, the next bonus episode and do a Sopranos episode. But, yeah, let's let's talk about the news. News and news. Oh, that makes it sound notes, good. Notes and news. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad news. Yeah, it's really bad. Should we... Uh, should we start with the big one or should we end on the big one? <laughs> okay, Matt, you have two items listed under news hour and I can't decide. I don't know which one is the big one. The one that's more awful. 
Let's end I on that one. Can't decide which one. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, so the first new uh, news item here: uh, Ryan Smith, Qualtrics CEO, took a tour of the stadium and other Utah soccer properties. Hang on. I was going to make all. a joke about who Ryan Smith looks like, and now I can't remember the joke. So now I've got to look up a picture. Oh, I remember the joke. You told me. Did if I you look at him fast, he looks like a certain drummer from a certain 80s to 90s and then stopped after the 90s metal band. Oh, While we're yeah. having selective memories here. I remember that. Yeah, he looks like Lars Ulrich a little bit. And Lars Ulrich is like... One of the worst people in the entirety of the music industry. Yes. For so many reasons, <laughs> mostly because he's the worst drummer on the planet. And I will fight you on that if somebody wants to. I know you guys don't have real strong drummer opinions, but I definitely do. And that is the hill I will die on is that Lars Ulrich is terrible. Metallica would be a way better band with literally any other drummer. I don't have an opinion at all on that. I got to be honest. I, I, whew. you know uh, who I want to drum from Metallica? Who? Who? Ringo Starr, because he is somehow still alive. Is he really? Good for Ringo yes. Starr. Um, you know, Ryan Smith is a billionaire in the long lineage of billionaires with awful hair, despite being a billionaire. He has such bad hair. And I hope he becomes the owner of RSL, I think. But man, how does he have such bad hair despite being a billionaire? Like you can buy anything you want and he has yet to buy something that's not a that's he has yet to buy a good haircut. Look at just Google Ryan Smith Qualtrics and every photo of him that's not in a flat brim snapback, which of his it's his other, um, you know, quality. Uh, Yes, it's his other um, fashion statement. He has the weirdest hair, and I cannot get over it. Yeah, it's like, bad. He he's going like I don't know. Zuckerberg really set the set the um, the precedent here for being a billionaire with awful hair. But at least if you, I don't know what's going on there. But at least do like the Bezos thing and just like be a very shiny bald man. That's better. I was gonna than, say he's like. He's like early stage two Bezos where like, cause Bezos like had hair and then he got rich and he was like, Oh, I can do something with my hair. Yeah. And then he realized, Nope, that's all very bad. Let's just shave it off. Ryan Smith just hasn't got to the point where he's like, Oh nope, That's very bad. He's like, yeah. Like you can tell <laughs> his, his hairline is going back. So he's doing this thing where he keeps the rest of it. Like at long enough to where he can push it all forward to try to prove that his hair is not moving back. Anyway, it's, it's like a, a comb over, but forward, the forward yes, over. It is. It's, it's a forward over and up. It's like ski jumps going up the other way. So sorry. So what's the news? <laughs> um, I found a photo of Adam Silver with, uh, with Ryan Smith and you can really see his future there. I'm also going to post this photo in Slack because it's just an amazing photo of him. And uh, I don't know what to say about it. It's just he's just perpetually amazing. a sophomore in high school. That's as what far he looks as his hair like, goes. Like, for real. And when he decides to dress up by putting the hat down to his eyebrows with a hoodie, like <laughs> it really completes the look. That's how you know he's in tech, right? 
Yeah. Wow. Bad fashion taste. Yeah. Bad hair. Ooh, that jacket is awful. Why are there so many zippers and buttons on it? <laughs> There's zippers, buttons, and oh no, that's a microphone. I thought it was also. Like oh, a, I did too. Actually, that's pretty great. The uh, what are those called? The it's like the cinch type thing. Um, the microphone thing or yeah, I like, like the lapel mic. Yeah, I thought it was the little uh, elastic like cinch thing. Oh, oh man, yeah. that's a bad jacket. That is not a good jacket. Why? Why does it have two collars? It's literally double collared. He's wearing three <laughs> collars in this picture. Are they all popped? Yeah, uh, the the closest one to his neck is not. The other two are. Okay, he, oh, he dresses sick. very poorly. Why? What is? What's going on here? Anyway, hope he buys the team, though. I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh uh, we goodness. we just have a reputation to keep, so I'm I'm glad we've gone down this path. Yes, we do. As we we found out on Twitter as well, yeah. Trevor. You know, we we had. We'll, we'll we'll get into that in the game. It's part of. It's one of the best and only good things that happen in the game. Yeah, um, and if you don't follow us on Twitter, you can sign up for Twitter at twitter.com. <laughs> That's a great site. Check out the Splash picture. To sign up, I think. Look at what he's wearing. He looks like he's in Panic at the Disco in that picture. Yeah. But like, boy, why does he dress like that? What's what's happening? I wish I could that, read the writing on his shirt because I'm sure it's dumb. <laughs> anyway. Um, some shallow. And he's got, oh my goodness, sorry. He's got a white belt. And I'm pretty sure, let me zoom in, that it's like the car seat buckle. No, it's not. Okay. Uh, but it's still it's a white belt. Like, I had the car seat a white belt when I was in seventh grade. The car seat is, uh, belt. Yeah, the car seat saying. belt. Car seat belt belt. Yeah, I thought that thing was so cool. I had a Cadillac one. <laughs> Once in tenth grade, I wore a Nintendo controller as a belt. Oh my! With the like the a literal look like, with the cord and everything. Yeah. Nice. And then yeah, it's controller. Nice. Wow. That rules. Wow. It was some 10th grader, that's for sure. Okay, 570 people have this this soda stream beep in their uh in their cart on Bed Bath and Beyond. That's insane. I gotta buy this quick. Maybe this is how they get you good. Anyway, I think it might be. Yeah. Um Okay, so <laughs> Ryan Smith. <laughs> right? Just just a yeah. billionaire goofball. He is. Yep. And he took a tour. And that's all the news. About yes, he that. took a tour of all the RSL facilities or just some of them or just. Yeah, I think it was the Utah generally written the Utah soccer facilities. I imagine that's like the academy. He's probably seen all of the stadium already. Just he, I, I'm sure he had a box at some point. I'm sure he's been in that fancy business CEO room that they removed valuable seats for and made nice. for a worse viewing experience for everybody. But. You're talking about the Audi Executive Club? Yeah. Okay. The worst thing. I went in once at the invitation of a certain CBO, and you can barely see the game anywhere in there, and it's very depressing. I don't think the point in there is to see the game. I know. It just makes me mad. That also reminds me, um, so before the RSL game, I know we're kind of skipping to the game, but uh, just briefly, um, on Twitter – they announced um, the opening of a new indoor bar <laughs> right before that yeah. game. They've deleted that tweet since then. 
Oh, they deleted it uh, less than an hour after they posted. Oh, did they really? Good. I wonder yeah. if they rolled back that. Was plan. it because the bar itself that they were bragging about had like seven seats and it, it was like the smallest thing on the planet? It looked. Why would you? Why like besides you besides that? like the timing of the announcement of the, oh, it looked of, like a high indoor bar. bar, but it was not it like, like a hotel a, bar. Yeah, real. like it was like a small hotel bar. Like, who's excited about that? really a, weird just awful timing um yeah but anyway I mean, that was the day that yeah. we had over a thousand cases right yes that was one it of the two it days was either that day or the day before yeah but it was, yeah. Uh, both yeah anyway yeah. um okay the other the other news item <laughs> the the uh chaos continues um yes. and i should note that this is probably a good thing uh, it is a bad circumstance that we found ourselves in, but it, the response was probably good. And well, that's that the response, the response was lacking, but good. Um, Utah Royals FC coach Craig Harrington and his assistant, whose name I have forgotten, uh, were but I could be wrong. put on a leave of absence. Uh, it sounds like the, that happened Saturday. Uh, and nobody knew, publicly at least, until the commentary team during Sunday's Utah Royals game uh, dropped that news on everybody. Uh, Amy, is it LaPelbit? Yeah. Uh, is the interim coach. And that's the news. Uh, oh, the uh, you guys want to know why? Yes. Tell us why. It's uh, uh, accusations of sexual harassment just but with i mean not gonna, at the this is the, yeah i was gonna say this is gonna sound like a defense it wasn't at the players or about yeah. the players it's important it's defense. it just makes me uh it makes me i don't know i don't know what that makes me feel i'm, I'm glad yeah. it wasn't the players it's awful that like I don't know. I, I guess I just not like because they've already had to put up enough with like through Andy Carroll. Um, but like, damn. <laughs> um, and there's some other context to add in here. And that's that Sunday morning, all the players posted a uh, basically like an image that was saying, Actually, let's let's pull up the image and yeah, just read it. Was, out. Uh, yeah, it was like a unified player statement. Everybody tweeted yeah. the same image, which had the same statement on it. And Matt's going to give the specifics once he gets it pulled up. But yep, there's some key phrases that at the time everybody was like, "Oh, this is just generally about players standing up for Black Lives Matter and equality and just all the things that players have been voicing their opinions on this year." Right. And then this news comes out, and it just adds a whole new context to a lot of the things that were said in it. Okay, here we go. We've had enough, enough of racist systems excluding black and brown people, enough of sexist stereotypes infiltrating conversations about our talents and achievements as athletes, enough of a work environment that is not open and inclusive for all. We acknowledge the past wrongdoings of this organization and choose to move forward in a new direction. It's important for us not to sweep these things under the rug but to bring them to light in order to hold ourselves and the people around us to a much higher standard. As a team, we're setting that the standard with a new beginning. 
one that is open, welcoming, community-driven, and elite. One that continues the work of iconic trailblazers like Justice, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg to demand equality and respect for all. We expect everyone associated with us to join in upholding these standards. Anything less will impede our progress as a club, as players, and as people. We refuse to settle. And signed, Utah Royals FC players. And then there's a nice RBG quote at the, at the end. Yeah. So Go to Twitter.com to check it out. That just like came out like a few hours before the game, right? Like they all posted yeah. that. That and morning, yeah. Thinking, and so obviously the announcement um, that, um, you know, Harrington was out or I guess, is he? I mean, we can assume he's not going to be the coach anymore, right? I think the the writing's more than just on the wall, right? It's like a giant spray painted. <laughs> yeah, he's not just like on the leave. Point. Like it's it's over. Um, so that added. Oh, like yeah, I thought. I mean, I didn't expect, suspect, or expect that at all that that was going to happen. And it was very strange that it came out during the broadcast, and the club did not say anything about it to preemptively get ahead of the broadcast telling everyone that's what was happening. Yeah, um, it's sort of PR 101, but Trevor, you look like you have something to say. Yeah, it was just, I don't know the reason why I've got like, the way it looks, the the reasons are not good. There's not a good reason that I can find that the club handled it this way. Um, But yeah, the club just handled it so badly. And the Royals, especially right now, are kind of on a leash because they, they've they got a long leash is what I mean. So it's like kind of forgivable because of everything else that's going on within the organization um, that somebody dropped the ball here. But yeah, it was terrible that the club didn't release some kind of statement before the game that gave any kind of indication what was going to happen. Because for the first 30 minutes of the game, that's all people were doing was trying to find out what was going on. The commentators didn't know anything. They just simply said, oh, by the way, Amy LaPelbet's coaching today because Harrington and one of his assistants isn't because they've been suspended. And then they just started talking about the game and everybody else went to talk about why and nobody had any answers. And it took just so much away from the game. At the end of the game, that was the only questions that the players were asked was about Harrington. Yeah. Amy and Rodriguez. Be no, like, it's, it should it's, be it's up not. the players to answer that question. Like that was yeah. really, really bad. Exactly. I mean, Amy Rodriguez. She went the and the first thing she said was, "I'm happy to talk about the soccer game, but the club has instructed me not to comment on staff decisions or something like that." Yeah. Which is like just such a terrible position to put the players in. On yeah. so many levels, like it's bad to do that and then send them out to play a game. It's bad to do that to make them answer the questions after they've played this game. Like it's, ah, yeah, it's just so frustrating. There was not a single thing that was done correct about the way that was ha- this was handled, except for perhaps removing Craig Harrington and his assistant. That was a good thing, but everything else, terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. I uh, yeah, a- Amy Rodriguez's comments at the end. I was just like, it is just, yeah, that was really bad. That is, I just want us to stop doing stupid things. I want our team to be better. I want all of our teams to be better. I just, I'm so, 
I'm feeling very drained. <laughs> yeah. So part of me, so I obviously completely agree, Trevor, that I think the club massively dropped the ball here. Could have got out in front of the message, could have come out looking good for having um, sought out sexual harassment within the organization, especially after all the reports about it not being sought out, um, about it being you know tacitly allowed, right? Yeah. Um, and so for them to not get out in front, um, of course, the, the other problem is that they run so they have historically run so incredibly lean that everyone is probably engulfed in game day responsibilities because they don't have anyone who's not. I'm not, and that's terrifying. I'm not convinced that the Royals have any like dedicated social media or PR people. They, they do Meg Van Dyke. They have one person to handle all yeah. of the PR and social media. Yeah. Well, well, it's it's not enough. Like, it seems kind of silly to criticize the social media presence of a soccer team, but Utah Royals haven't tweet. <coughs> Excuse me, they haven't tweeted anything hardly at all for the last several weeks, and I kind of understand part of the reason why, but. RSL tweets way more stuff. They have way more graphics. They just have more stuff that they put out there. And the Royals will occasionally retweet something that RSL does. RSL will occasionally retweet something that the Royals do. But they just don't have a social media or a PR presence, it seems like. This isn't the first time that the Royals have dropped the ball with this kind of thing or just been behind the times. Like It just it seems like nobody's doing work and if somebody is doing the work i don't know it's far be it for me to criticize some somebody doing a job that i don't have any any kind of expertise in but it seems like it could be done better and yeah. i think it's mostly just a symptom of <clears throat> excuse me the team and the organization just running lean just not having enough people to do yeah, the jobs think, that need to be done and running lean is of course a euphemism right uh what it really comes down to is everybody works too many hours too little pay and uh you know they get the work done but at the cost of doing better work yeah exactly uh, and and certainly i don't mean to dis disparage anybody that's putting in that work um it's just a terrible situation to be put in yeah uh, where you can't think ahead because you can only think about what's immediately in front of you yeah, and I should clarify, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to criticize the individual. I'm just trying to criticize the organization for putting the individual in that spot. Yeah. They just, they need to support their workers and they're not supporting their workers. Like, it's the same thing that's been going on for yeah. this organization for years. Well, and they've replaced, you know, they haven't replaced the CBO at this point, right? Um, they have an interim president who is basically, to my understanding, heading up this investigation internally um so I, I think a lot of things will continue to fall through the cracks and it just tells you a lot about you know the pretty poor state the club was put in yeah yeah yep yeah speaking of poor states the club is put in <laughs> should we talk about uh a match against our uh cross state rivals cross yes, we've had two games since we were state rivals we we talked after the was it right after the lafc game um sure was that I think, yeah i think so we were excited right 
We were excited, and those hopes have been dashed because soon after that, we had the uh, final matchup for the Rocky Mountain Cup in which we were all but guaranteed to win because in order for us to lose, we would have had to do something crazy like (laughs) lose 5-0. At home. At home. And that was... With fans in the stands. Not that we should have had fans there, but they were there. In order for us to lose the Rocky Mountain Cup, we would have had to lose 5-0 at home. And bet your bottom dollar, gosh darn it, golly gee, what happened? We lost 5-0 at home to Colorado. It's our worst ever home match, which is amazing considering what team this was in 2005. Really bad. <laughs> yeah. clear. I I always forget that this team existed in 2005 and 2006. Yeah. Vaguely, <laughs> I don't know how. Um, yeah, that was that was something. I don't even know. I feel like Justin Glad being asked about that game right now. When Justin Glad was famously asked about what could be learned from that game, and he said, "Um," for about. 60 seconds and then said i'm not gonna answer that question pass and i mean so, can you blame him like no. no and then he he also didn't play the next game so yeah. he got benched because of that game which whatever but we yeah. got absolutely smoked and of course diego rubio one of like probably uh, my least favorite player in the league other than dom dwyer um scored a brace including like just like, just a good goal. <laughs> yeah. So it was just, it was the most miserable game I think I've ever, it was the most embarrassing game. Maybe not the most miserable game, but like, cause I knew we were going to lose, but um, I think that was probably the most embarrassing game I've, I've ever watched RSL play. Yeah. It was, uh, was putting on goal for that. Yeah. That, Wait, so or was no, that- I thought I thought that one was McMath because wasn't that the game? Maybe I'm confusing games, but wasn't that the game that like the defense just sucked so much that so McMath the was left one on one like five so times? Um, I think you're thinking of a different game. Am I just thinking of a different awful <laughs> yeah, game that we played? You're thinking of the four uh, zero loss in Minnesota. <laughs> uh, that's you're exactly right. I remember that now. <laughs> oh, oh, I boy. love this team. Oh, we're certainly entertaining to somebody. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, that was Andrew Putna, and uh, certainly he wasn't good enough or even close to good enough. Um, but I've been thinking about it, um, and I wrote this on RSL Soapbox, or at least I think I did. Dreamt I did. Yeah. I, I had a very strange dream that involved a carrot last night, but anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, they... I worked at a software engineering company and they used a carrot to do QA. It was very strange. Um, but, is this the but, dream or is this a thing that inspired the dream? No, that's the dream. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, oh, so the, the thing I actually did write that was not a dream uh, was that I can't really criticize Patna for this. Um, because we know exactly who he is as a goalkeeper, and yeah. this is who he is. Like, uh, and Zach McBath is probably worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't criticize either of them too much at this point because 
uh, their faults are extremely well known and uh, easily exploited when your defense is also really terrible. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, that's where that's who we are right now. Yep. Diego Rubio had two goals within the first 10 minutes of the game. Um, I seem to remember the first one being like a really bad mistake from Putna. Um, the second one was his goal from distance, which is just, I think Natum just let him go. Um, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then they, uh, we went into halftime down to zero. We put in just, or we took out Justin Miram and put in Douglas Martinez. We immediately get scored on three times within the next, um, uh, 10 minutes. Um, wait, sorry, two times within, within the next 10 minutes. And then Douglas gets a red and then we get scored on again in the 88th minute. So, uh, literally just the worst from everyone. I think literally every, everyone had just the worst awful game. It was so bad yeah. that like we get, we gave up five goals and I don't remember, I don't remember feeling particularly mad at Putna because I, I don't think he really did anything wrong. Yeah. Um, other than that first goal was bad, but just literally every single player on the field was just terrible. So here's the one that puzzles me. I have thought for several weeks that Everton Louise is in a very, very bad run of form. Yep. yep. And it uh, it has continued, and I'm extremely puzzled. Yeah. Um, he, because he would battle for that spot. Yeah. He is. He he has been a consistently like very very good player. Uh, at the top ranking of the team right yeah i would say uh, he's one of the bright spots. most consistent players over the last couple of years and he is uh turned to dust and i don't get it and i'm mad on the explanation trevor you're folding your arms solemnly what do you think he's, he's praying I'm, for the team I'm just agreeing i don't have anything to add you i don't there's no analysis to do. He's just not been good. Um, I, I thought that him losing a spot to to Paulo slash Pablo Ruiz would maybe make him put. But I don't know. Like I don't think he necessarily needed a fire, but I thought him losing that spot might make him even better or like see some more effort. But he's been way worse since he lost that spot. Yeah, it makes me wonder if there's something behind the scenes. Um, I tend to think that performance doesn't change in a vacuum. Yeah. Um, unless he's had like a severe drop in like physical capability, which uh, it's certainly possible. He's not young, right? He's what, 31? Um, and that's about when player, when midfielders start their decline. Oh, he's 32. So, yeah. um, but I don't think that's it. Um, well, I just I mean, wonder like, is there something external that we just, don't know i don't i don't like that um me neither i know that like it's a thing but i don't like just like leaving the solution to a player's form being bad as just like oh we don't know maybe something's going on at home oh yeah of course i I wish there was a better answer but it it's worth pointing out that kyle beckerman has been bad almost all year and he was not great at the end of last year and he's i mean you guys mentioned pablo or paulo but kyle is also beating everton out of the lineup 
Kyle did beat Everton out of the lineup against Vancouver. Yeah. Which we'll get to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it. Yeah. I, just, I don't think it's a good look for the midfield if right now, if Kyle Beckerman is your starter. I love Kyle Beckerman. I will always love Kyle Beckerman, but right now he's not a good player. Nope. Well, he, he won't be starting the next game, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious what you guys thought of Albert Snack in that game. Are we talking about Colorado still? Yeah, let's talk Colorado. Okay. Go ahead, Kyle. Remember. I'm sure you did, have opinions. Did we have a single attack the entire game? Like, I don't even remember a single good thing we did that game. Like, Honestly, I know we had, I don't either. I'm sure we had shots. But it was literally the worst game I think I've ever seen us play. Like, it wasn't even like we were just pressing the entire time and we just couldn't get a goal. Like, for this Vancouver game, for example, we looked really good at certain points in the first half where we were attacking and, and um, forced their keeper into some pretty um, impressive saves. Uh, I don't remember a single moment in, against Colorado where I looked where we looked dangerous. I don't know what our expected goals were or whatever. I see we had... Five chances created. 0.7, I think. It was the worst game I think I've ever seen us play on both sides of the field. Like, I I, I remember more miserable games. I remember, like, the D.C. United Open Cup final loss. But that didn't feel – it felt like we were just, like, we just couldn't – the ball just wasn't going to go in. Like, I felt like yeah. we, should, we deserved one. This one, it didn't feel like we deserved anything. Like, it was just – every single – the entire game was just miserable. And I don't remember a single good thing about it. And as much as I love to pile on Albert Rusnak, um, he was particularly average amongst the rest of the team, which, I mean, is problematic because of how much we pay him. But like at the same time, literally everyone was bad. So, so yeah. What about you, Trevor? How do you how did you feel about Albert that game? I don't remember this game honestly and i don't remember i don't know if that's because i didn't watch it or if it was because like i did watch it and just didn't care to like file it away both are very realistic options um but i can tell you i mean i'm just looking at the shots uh we had nine total one of which was on target and it was from inside the penalty spot just outside the six and probably on like a corner or something and someone it could have been but I can't it's, imagine we had a, a, a shot that close and yeah you can't have nine shots in a game the other thing is we've got uh colorado had 15 shots which is you know not a bad number of shots throughout the game eight of which were on target a much and better five. <laughs> five of them were goals we had three saves yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. want to keep harping on goalkeepers, but we've got two not good goalkeepers right yeah. now. Did, did Achoa play for the Monarchs yesterday? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Why? Because this I'm, season for RSL doesn't matter. It doesn't. That's why you play Achoa with RSL. <laughs> well, that's, that's why right? he's playing with the Monarchs. Why, why we're not playing with RSL, though? He's an RSL player. So I, the, I argument I, the argument I would have... And I don't think it's a great one, but I, if I'm like trying to predict what they're thinking, it's that uh, he needs minutes after coming off an injury, uh, and the minutes for Real Monarchs were available, and maybe lower pressure. Uh, maybe, I guess. I feel I, like I, it, 
my my bad reason for it is that he's more comfortable in USL and it's just a comfortable place for him to get minutes rather than putting him in MLS, even in a season that doesn't matter. I mean, the coaches and the team aren't going to agree with that, but putting him in an MLS season, I think just adds pressure that at this point with this year just doesn't need to be there. I mean, so just give him more comfortable minutes playing goal with the Monarchs who, from what I understand and missed the playoffs, aren't going to be in the playoffs. So they just have to finish out the season. So let him just play a few more games that don't matter down there. So I'm looking at the roster, and did you know they only have one other goalkeeper? The Monarchs? The Monarchs? So, so they've got one rostered goalkeeper uh, and Ochoa. I know. Who is on roster. <sighs> Who's their rostered goalkeeper? Jimmy Slayton. Pretty great name. Pretty good name. Never heard of yeah. that. No, that's not true. I think I remember them announcing yeah. his signing, and I feel like he played for another team in USL and wasn't very good. So, so I, I guess remember it. I mean I don't really have any anything else to say about Colorado. That was just that game was horrific. And Should we I, move on? Yeah, let's. So then we had another game, uh, but instead of a Wednesday game, we had to wait a week for this one. So our boys were fresh. We were coming up against Vancouver just earlier in the. Day, we announced uh, Demir Krylock signed a contract, a contract extension. And when we end, um, I'm going to read Tyler Gibbons thread about Demir Krylock at the end of this episode so we can end on a good note because it's very <laughs> touching and I like Demir a lot. But yeah, so we signed Demir. Um, we are going up with the Van- against the Vancouver Whitecaps who are playing a an extended string of away games because they can't travel in and out of the United States. So they're um, they're, or the United States can't travel to their, them really. So they're playing their home games in, uh, in Portland, I believe. And they have had the Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, um, string for, uh, the last little while. So they're coming off of a short rest and we, um, we're going up against this team that we should definitely beat, um, in my, in my estimation, the problem being though, is that one, uh, both Giuseppe Rossi and Sam Johnson were hurt and announced to be hurt after the starting lineup, uh, starting lineup was announced. Uh, yeah. only when they were not in the 18 is when they announced, uh, that they were injured. Um, Douglas Martinez was on a red card. And so our entire starting or our entire uh, forward or who can play center forward is limited to exclusively um, Corey Baird and Demir Krylock, uh, who was playing out of position there. So we went with the out of position Demir, which, of course, means he's not playing in midfield. And that means instead of playing um, him next to Pablo Ruiz, we played Kyle Beckerman, who got the nod over Everton Luiz for some reason. We don't know why. Additionally, Justin Glad lost his starting spot to Marcelo Silva, despite, and Freddie mentioned this was uh, more of a rest thing, um, which I do not believe because we had a seven day uh, week or a, um, a seven day gap in between these two games. And we had the re- the normal Chang, Rusnak, Miram, and then the normal defensive line other than that. And we lost again, 2 <laughs> 1. And uh, this one was a different game. We had 
63% per, uh, possession. We had 25 shots, 21 chances created compared to Vancouver's eight shots, nine chances created. Um, I don't even know what to say really about this one other than we didn't have anyone who could put the ball away. We had so many chances from corner kicks that were like just bad headers that went wide. Um, their keeper had some good saves on Paulo Ruiz and we just could not score the entire first half. And I put in slack. I said, guys, I can feel that we're going to get scored on first, like an old person in the weather. And what (laughs) did you know that happened? Uh, I felt it in my bones and we got scored on first and, and then it was just, it was chaos. Yeah. And I'm sad. Yeah. So I just wanted to highlight a couple of stats. Kyle went through some of them. We had 25 shots, which is incredible. That's great. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, Four of those were on target, which that's is bad. terrible. That's really bad. I'm th- just yeah. think about all those headers and like chances we had inside the box. We we're doing these like long throw-ins, which I'm a fan of because they're a dangerous, it's creating a lot of chances for us. But we had so many headers that were like you know, when the ball is coming to you, when you're when you're heading the ball, you're almost always supposed to try to head the ball back directionally where it came from, because if you don't, more than likely it's going to go wide, far post. And we had so many that seemed to be like everyone forgot that, like we weren't even putting these on frame. And man, our passes, 424 passes completed compared to Vancouver's 219. Like we were... We should have won this game. There's no excuse for losing this game in my So one thing that I've noticed looking at our performances in the last while uh, is that we end up with a a lot of blocked shots, um, which is interesting. I don't know how meaningful it is. Like like we block a lot of their shots. No, the other way around. Okay, got it. and I noticed that a lot with Albert Rusnak, especially, uh, where his shots are are repeatedly blocked. And is it uh, is it just a, like a slowness on, in our play? Is it are we taking them in terrible defended positions? Like what what? How do we take twenty five shots and have? And it, hold on, let me pull up the expected goals. Yeah, pull that up because I think that's. I can tell you that eight shots were blocked in this game. Against Vancouver. And pretty much all of them were inside the box. There were two that were outside the box. Well, mm-hmm. okay. So two, three that are originated outside the box, but they were blocked inside the box. Our expected There's goal only was one that was blocked 1. outside 9. the box. 1.9? 1.9. With 25 shots. Like that's... <laughs> There's so many like ah, problems with that. 1.9 is like good. That's a good expected goal yeah. per game, right? That's not bad. On 25 shots, I would like to think that it's probably supposed to be a little bit higher than that. Do we just take but bad also, shots? It, yeah, we take a lot of bad <laughs> shots. Um, No, there were so oh, – jeez. So we took a lot of shots. A lot of them were bad shots. A lot of them were blocked. Most of our shots were just simply off target. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of shots that were came off of corners and a lot of those end up being 
blocked shots often. Because there's just more people on the box. Yeah, and that's to be expected. Yeah. It should be we should be commended. We should be commending the team that like they're scoring goals on corners now, which has not been a thing for this team for the last several decades of existence. We didn't score one here last game, but we I think we're creating a lot more dangerous chances in corners and also the way Paulo like floats on the edge of the box and he's in a danger anytime the ball gets to him outside the box. He's I didn't look this up and this is something that I told myself I was going to look up. So I had the actual stat, but I didn't look it up. But how many of those shots that were off target were from Pablo? Or Paolo, um, I, I keep you. forgetting to pronounce his he name forced, right. He for I, I I've heard both now. Um, he, he had to have the majority of our shots, I think. I think it's shots, but he forced them into he forced the keeper into at least two pretty um, impressive saves. Right, so the and only that's, other player that's to, commendable, uh, but most of his shots are going wide or going over. Um, so the only other player to have more than to have any shots on target uh, was Justin Miram with one, which was a goal. Um, Pablo Pablo had uh, three on target. On target, everyone else had zero. How many did he have off target? Uh, three. Okay, that's fifty percent on target. That's way all right, good. Okay. That's yeah, from right. that distance, especially right. Yeah, and he's shooting from outside the box every single time he shoots. Yeah. I, maybe maybe it just seemed like more to me. My eye test. Had, that's probably had, right. He had a couple. The ones he did miss, we missed pretty bad. I thought the ones that were off target. He had one that he just like launched over. Um. Okay, so we should mention that Kyle Beckerman picked up a yellow card in the eighth minute, and then. Um, after a scramble in the box, after a corner kick, I believe, um, Tyler Beckerman inadvertently got the keeper with the, with his studs, um, and picked up a, a second yellow, but this was controversial because it was reviewed for a quote, serious foul play because the rules of, of VAR video assistant referee say that you can only review, um, penalty kicks, goals offside and offside that leads to goal. I, I don't know if that's one of the things, but yeah, it um, and serious foul play. So the video assistant referee told um, uh, the center of uh, Stott, is that his name? Kevin um, Stott. Yeah, Kevin Stott to uh, check the check the tape and see if it was worthy of a red card. So he checks the tape. He determines that it was not worthy of a red card, but was worthy of a yellow card. So that means second yellow for Kyle Beckerman. Um, Which I it don't turns know. Out- Oh, sorry. Continue. Sorry. I was just going to interrupt and say what I think you're about to say. Um, so the reason that like this is okay, because I was really upset about it. Yeah. Um, you can't check for a yellow card. You can't right. be sent to the monitor to look to see if it was a yellow card infraction. Even uh-huh. if it's a second yellow, which makes it a red, it's still a yellow card infraction. You can't be sent to the monitor for that. So I did do the tiniest amount of research. And basically what it is, is just like you said, He gets sent to the monitor because the VAR says that's a red card. You did not issue a red card on what I feel is a red card foul. So he goes to look at the monitor. And once he looks at the monitor, then he can then make pretty much not any decision he wants, but he is allowed to then get a second look at it. And if he feels that it should have been a yellow or it should have been a red or it should have been nothing, then he can make that determination. And once he's viewing the replay, from what I understand, he can also – issue a caution to another player on something that wasn't even going to be looked at in the first place. So it is okay for the referee to go over there because he was told 
to go over to check for a red card. He mm. went over there and said, no, that's not a red card, but that is a yellow. And now that I've looked at it and I didn't see it before, I'm going to go ahead and issue the yellow. Yeah. And, and just it, because it's a second yellow, he issues the yellow and then it becomes a red. So the whole thing is confusing. and doesn't happen that often, but it doesn't. it's totally allowed. And it, I think this is right a good rule to, to have because in, in a situation that isn't this, where it wasn't, it just happened to be Kyle Beckerman's second yellow. But if there was another situation where, um, like if Kyle, if that was Kyle, if, if Kyle didn't have a yellow going into that situation, I would much rather the official be able to say, no, that's a yellow card, not a red card. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I feel like they have to, he has to have that, that ability because it's, if it's either, I feel like that might put more pressure on the official to give a red card if they're going to the monitor to check for a serious foul play. And I'd prefer that there are, there is less pressure to give red cards and that the official can give a yellow card in that situation. It just so happened to be Kyle's second yellow, which leads me to my biggest problem was that Kyle was on the field in the 63rd minute when we were already down one zero at this point. And Kyle Beckman was, I thought, struggling this game. And I thought we, like, Ferdy had been doing the string of subs at halftime. He's been doing these attacking subs at halftime. In this situation, I was okay with no sub at halftime, theoretically, but only because we were tied and we were doing well offensively. But I thought we should have switched out Kyle for Everton at that point, um, at half, which we didn't. And then they subbed, um, so they scored one. It was one zero, and then they made two subs immediately after, or about six minutes after, an offensive sub and a defensive sub. We didn't sub in anyone until the seventy-first minute, despite being down one zero, and that was Corey Baird for Donny Toya. We moved to three in the back. Um, Miram scores in the eighty-first minute, and they immediately score in the eighty-fourth minute, and then. Um, we didn't get anything after that. They even with nine minutes of stoppage time, we couldn't couldn't put it together. Um, and I know where Matt would like to go with this, and where I would like to go with this is that I thought Albert Rusnak was really really bad in this game again, and it's really hard for me to watch this over and over again. With he looks so pedestrian on the field, the effort's not there. He had a chance where he attempted a volley and he just completely whiffed it, but worse than I've seen him whiff on most things. And I'm just really, really tired of him being as pedestrian as he is on this team. I'm yeah, going like to let Matt that... take a second, but I just want to say that I'm going to pull up a stat <laughs> that I'm going to show yeah. you guys after Matt says his piece. That's Go fine. ahead. I hope I I hope I talk about this stat. So I've I've had some feedback on my comments on Rusnak after that game that he had good stats. Um and certainly I thought he was pretty good on set pieces. Um but yes. set pieces are not the only reason you have a two million dollar player, three million dollar player, right? Weirdly um, his set pieces have improved quite a bit. Um and certainly part of that is having a coach focusing on it. And Rusnak's adapted well to that and I think deserves some credit. Um, but when we we look at it, he created 10. So he had 10 shot creating actions, um, which is good, right? That's something you would hope to see. Um, but most of those came from corners, which, again, that's not a bad thing to have key passes from corners. Um, 
and the rest were kind of outside the box. Um, he had a couple to Paul which we know he took shots that maybe he shouldn't have taken. I don't know. Um, I'm happy with him taking shots, of course, but, but the issue becomes, uh, in the last 20 minutes of the game with us trailing, he looked, um, I won't say tired because that wasn't what it seemed to be. He seems to have good stamina and can last 90 minutes without any trouble. Um, but what I saw was a certain laziness in his passing, uh, a slowness in his passing, which we've criticized him for all year, right? Yeah. Um, that he is he is uh, sloppy and slow at times when he shouldn't be. And I think that's what really threw me the most was there was one particular pass. Um, he was on the left flank. Michael Chang had made, I think it was Michael Chang, uh, had made a run up the left channel and was in a pretty good position and an easily passed to position. Um, and Rusnag completely misplayed it um, in, I think it was even in stoppage time. Yeah, I um, remember. Just a, a sloppy, lazy pass. I think that's when I tweeted that he should be sent to the Monarchs. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, but there was an, there were a couple others where we were on a breakaway and Rusnak inexplicably passes it behind the player who's making a good run. And it's it, he clearly has enough skill to hit the player on the run perfectly, right? Yeah. Uh, he is a high-skilled player. You see it on his corners sometimes when he's not hitting the first man. Um, <laughs> although I'm, I'm willing to accept that you take low chance passes on corners sometimes uh, knowing you have players in rebounding positions. Sure. Um, but, but we, we know that he has this skill. We get to see this skill occasionally. And then other times it is just completely gone and it's very troubling. Trevor go. <laughs> you kind of <laughs> talked about it. I was going to um, just mention Rusnak, I think coming into the game on the season, had something in the area of, I think, seven or eight or nine key passes, something like that. He had seven key passes in that game alone. And you mentioned that a lot of those came from corners, and that's probably fair. But yeah, it, but it's I, worth I, noting I, just that he had a lot okay. in this game versus the rest of the season. And Yeah, but like leading up to this game, didn't Chang have like 13? And Chang doesn't take the corners. Like right. yeah. No, clearly like there are better players on the field. I just think... Yeah, this no, may not be the game fair. to say that Rusnak well, is terrible. Was just because of the just he looked so indifferent, in my opinion. And I can't stop thinking every time this happens, and I whether he is at playing at the same level as someone like Michael Chang as a as an example, or Justin Miram, or someone else. If he's if he's playing at that level, say if all things being equal on the field and they were playing the exact same way. I just think of the – he went on Natum's podcast, however long ago it was at this point, and Natum was getting after him because um, he was saying like – he was asking him like what his goal is like for his career and obviously his goal is to play in European Champions League. As someone like Albert Rusnak should be, that should be Albert's goal. And I'm not offended that Albert Rusnak is, wants to play for – 
a team competing in the UEFA Champions League. He should be, as someone who grew up in the Manchester City Academy and played in Europe already at a, at a decently high level and is the most expensive signing in RSL history, he absolutely should be setting his sights on playing in the Champions League, especially when he plays for a, a decent national team as well. Um, Natum said, I don't think like you should be far and away the best player on RSL and you should be competing for league, league MVP every year if that's your goal. If your goal is to play in the European Champions League, then you should be one of the best players in MLS every single season. And there is not that he is not even coming close to being anywhere in the conversation for MVP of the league. And I would argue that he's not the most important player. Maybe he's in out. He's nearing the top three on RSL over the last few games. Chang, Krylock, and Paolo Ruiz have all been better on this team. Even Justin Miram has been better than Albert Rusnak. Um, and so I just have no, there's just like no excuses left for him. And I don't know what he plans on doing um, when his contract is up. And I don't know where he'll be able to go. Maybe like he will still be able to sign a decent contract and um, maybe the Eredivisie or something like that. But like, I'm just so tired of him making such little impact. Like I'm thankful that he takes good, good corners now. And that's been a criticism I've had of him for a long time. And we are seem to be creating very dangerous situations from corners. And I'm very glad that's happening, but it seems like these moments that we should be looking to him for like those insane, like, full sprint down the field volleyed goals that he was scoring and just shots outside the distance uh, or outside the box from distance. And just like the last goal he scored from the wrong run of play was that one in, in the, um, in the bubble where he mishit it so bad that it, it, it got the keeper diving the wrong way and it like deflected and went in. Like he's just, I, I, I have no idea what to even say about him anymore. Like, I'm just so disappointed every game when I just see, like Matt said, like it was, it was the end of the game where I was just like, he was just playing awful passes at the end of the game when like we had nine minutes to, uh, to try to make something, get a point. But instead we had our second consecutive home loss, which I didn't even know when the last time that happened, Matt, uh, said it was since is 2017. I don't remember yeah, the 2016 or 2017. What the context was of those, but I'm just sad about that about that game about that about the team right now. It bums me out because um, weirdly we were playing. It seemed like we were playing really well despite the distractions, and I don't know what's going on now. And I'm really sad that Giuseppe Rossi's hurt. Uh, for some reason, and I will gladly give up every piece of cartilage or muscle or organs in my body just to get him permanently healthy. Although I'm probably the wrong person to pro provide those for him, but uh, hey, I'm not using my uh, uh, one of the uh, the CLs in my knees that he would probably need. Um, I'm just sad. <laughs> I, want, I want us to be playing well. <laughs> so bad i know this season's a wash and i know that like it doesn't really matter but like man it kind of matters still i'm gonna yeah. give you guys one more, one more stat okay go ahead um the two we have two attacking players 
with a very low uh, shot on targets, shots on target percentage. Um, they are both ahead of Netamon Woha, who has a 9.1% shot on target rate. Nice. Um, the following him at 13.3% is Corey Baird. And following him at 15% is Albert Rusnak, who has taken 20 shots and had three on target this year. That's bad. Three on target? Three. Now, he's had plenty blocked, and I know that's a thing, but I think we can explain that But that's that also, well. like, a, a thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> every, every player has shots blocked. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, no. It's, that's not what I'm saying. Like, the thing is that he takes bad shots. Yeah. That's like the easiest criticism of him is once he like runs out of ideas, if he doesn't have an obvious pass to somebody, his solution is to just take a shot and he doesn't make any real effort to like create space or move past a guy or do. He just takes a shot and it's always a bad shot and it's always right at the defender. Seriously blocked. Golly. Now you got me sounding uh, like Kyle. Like I was just about to like talk good about Roosneck again, but you just brought up the pet peeve. I can I, go back through my tweets. Uh, I, I used to be a huge Roosneck fan and I remember getting really mad when I, okay, mad might be a strong word, but I remember being like, wow, Matt Doyle's an idiot. Cause he was tweeting about how like uh, Albert Roosneck the first, like, I think his first two years were statistically like improbable or something. And he was like, it's downhill from here. I can't, I can't remember what he said, but he was like, RSL fans shouldn't be looking to uh, Albert to have a similar year as like what he, what he just had. And I was like, whatever, man. And I, Jason like also disagreed. And I was like, yeah, dude, me and Jason, we disagree with Matt and Matt's dumb. Like he was right, dude. He's just <laughs> worse. And I'm like, it makes me so sad because I was so excited and I thought and it really it really is because we know what we've gotten from him in the past and we see what we're getting now. That's what makes me the most mad. If he like like I don't have these expectations for Corey because he's GD spaz out there and I like I don't have these expectations for him because I know what Corey is and I know that we're probably seeing the best of him right now and that's fine and he's he's a he's a fine player I guess and I don't have these expectations of Justin Miram I don't have them of anyone else it's literally just him and he cannot even come close to what we know that he's capable of because what he used to do for this team so that's what makes me sad. It's not even that like I want it. I definitely don't want him to fail because it's usually at the expense of the team I love. But dang, guys, you know, I think that's what causes me to like step in and be like to like defend Rusnak is just because the expectation level between you and me of what we expect out of Rusnak at this point is just so different. Like that's true. That really he, has he's to be he's that. not the lifeblood of this team. He's not the lifesaver. He's not the the key. He's not he's just not that player anymore. And like, I've just accepted that. Yeah. Here's what gets me. Um, He has been RSL's captain when Kyle Beckerman is not playing. Yeah. And has he a lot? Yeah. I thought it was okay. So yeah, that's obviously true. What I was going to say is that recently it's been a lot more Demir than it has been Albert. I think when Albert, when Albert's on, he's the captain. Okay. I trust you. You would pay more attention to that than I would. Yeah, it's been a point of contention in my own head. 
<laughs> um, and I, I don't think the captain's that super meaningful, but yeah. certainly I think the captain should be someone symbolic who can motivate the team. Um, put it on Netamo and Woha. Uh, put it on Demir Krylik. Uh, put it on Andrew Putna for all, like, for all oh. I care. No, don't Why? put it on Andrew because it'd be hilarious. <laughs> Why would you say that? I I still feel <laughs> like we should go go to. I mean, this is going to be the most obvious thing Trevor's ever said, but I feel like we should go to what is traditionally the Italian system of just whoever has the most appearances for the team. I think gets so too. The captain. And right yeah. now, that, that that's obviously Kyle, but I yeah, feel like absolutely. it should be the most veteran player on the team. Is I agree generally the captain and I that like would that but without kyle that might is that still rusnak who's got the most appearances on the team right now i'll look it up oh my goodness it probably is it, it might be rusnak after i, I say is. all that <laughs> i mean that and that's that's fine like i i'm cool with that system and i i mean especially if it's not based on like merit i guess but like it's gotta or, be rusnak yeah or it should be like if it's not like a hard rule like that, it should be like voted on by the players and the players should agree who the captain is. And if the players agree that Rusnak should be the captain when Kyle's not on the field, like I can't really argue with that. I think it should be Demir, to be honest. Like yeah. if we're not doing the Italian system, it should be Demir. <laughs> like I'm just speaking of the Italian system. Um, Weston McKinney had a fantastic game for Juventus the other day, but he had a, uh, he had a pretty good game. It was good. It was really good. Was good. He did. He did Weston McKinney stuff. Uh, <laughs> which is yeah not at all exciting game. but right yeah he's, really he's, solid game yes which is cool because he's playing for juventus anyway um it is cool it just means that i have to watch ronaldo and i'm not at all interested in watching ronaldo mm. much of anything these days Very much the same mm. but it's my family club so i have to i have to support that's fair um i do have a juventus kit so I guess I, I will join many. in supporting. In fact, I have I have the I have the I have the pink Juventus oh, jersey. Oh, that! Oh, wait, hang on. I was going to say that awful one, but they have a couple pink ones, and they're all pretty <laughs> awful. Okay, you guys talk. I'll I'll go grab it. I'll be okay. right back. Um, so I've been looking at the numbers, Trevor. Okay. And uh, so Albert Rusnak is at 101 appearances for Real Salt Lake. Oh, then he's not the most because I was going to say Justin Glad just reached 150. No, he just reached 118. But no, who reached 150? Somebody just did 150. It wasn't wasn't Justin Glad, I think. Uh, even with, or, he's only had four postseason appearances, and he's been with the club since 2014. Who? Justin Glad. Because somebody, the oh, team tweeted something about 150 appearances for player. Everybody congratulate him, like three games ago, and I thought it was Justin Glad. I think it was Albert. Albert just reached 100. Oh, sorry. Okay, so it might have just been the 100 instead of 150. So got, Maybe I'm crazy. i got Juventus jersey, which I really like. It's really yeah, that nice. all right. It's got the old Juventus logo. It's um, one of the yeah. older ones. Yeah, I think both these, actually. Blue is not a Juventus color, but that's fine. Well, they have, of course it's not. They have, like, ridiculous colors. No, I know. Time. So, But even, like, got, it, even in ridiculous team. colors, pink was, like, traditionally a long time ago. They're, that's like, right. third kit. So, like, that makes sense. So this was the keeper kit because it's a it's mm. a Buffon shirt. Yeah. And this was made popular by the rapper Drake after I bought this. And I bought this for like 20 bucks on eBay and now I could I think I could sell this for a few hundred dollars. Oh. 
which is super funny to me because, I mean, it's just like a Buffon keeper jersey. <laughs> but uh, in fact, like I don't even. I'm not a particularly huge fan of Buffon, but I really oh, is this the ugly pink jersey you're talking? Because it's pretty ugly. But no, uh, they had one. Um, I'm trying to remember. I'm gonna have to look up a picture. They had one a few years ago that I think. Ha- you remember like the '94 U.S. World Cup like star yes. pattern? Yep. They had one that was like pink with like a similar kind of ish star pattern that I'm remembering. Gotcha. It was a bad shirt. Juventus pink jersey. (sighs) Anyway, so Tamir Krylock should be the captain, in my opinion. All things considered. Um, But anyway, I think that's. I don't have anything else to say about the Vancouver game. I'm just really sad that that happened that way. I wanted to say one thing about the Vancouver game. One more thing. Go. Let me pull it up. So we talked about how many shots we had versus how many shots were on target versus how many goals we scored. Yes. Versus our XG. I just want to point out Vancouver had eight total shots, three of which were on target, and two of them <laughs> turned into goals. Um, Boy, that second goal for real. I can't wait. How did they score their first one? I don't know. Very the second easily. one was Marcelo Silva being awful. Like, oh yeah. Oh no, the first the- one. The first one was Natum got caught upfield, and then oh, or was that, that also the second one? That was no, the, that was the first one. Okay, yeah. Natum got caught upfield with like nobody supporting him yeah. defensively whatsoever, which is a thing that happens to this team. That's right. That's that's fine that he was going upfield, but like literally no one tracked anyone that was and nobody even a field lost and we just got smoked and nobody was supporting him like going forward like no, nobody was no, giving was, him an outlet pass at all it was just like oh natum has got the ball let's let him dribble through yeah. eight players yep. because that's what we have in a center back as a player anyway that's one of my i don't want to say pet peeve that's one of the things that i've noticed this year is whoever is a center back some of somebody whether it's Sil- silva or natum like they dribble the ball forward and that's a fine thing to do yeah yeah, sure. Situationally, it happens. But, like, yeah. you have to be, as a team, aware that that's happening. And for the most part this year, like, we've been aware and, like, we've worked with it. Yeah. And, and, and it has worked. It's not bitten us as much as that. But, but that was also, the easiest one. Nobody supported him going forward and nobody supported him going back. Obviously, they scored a goal. In some situations, like, when when, when there are, our center backs have dribbled forward, we're already starting from beyond the midfield point and And... Uh, Natum has moved forward. We he was doing this like out of the eighteen was dribbling forward. So they already had a lot of their team pushed forward. So when he loses the ball, they're not only getting winning the ball high up the field, they're winning the ball high up the field with one of our center backs uh, way out of position. So and like to their midfielders. So like they're already poised to just pass it. All of their forwards are literally forward. <laughs> so that was bad. I didn't like that. That was just I don't like Natum dribbling out of the back. I don't how like any of our defenders dribbling back. How did we become a terrible transition team? Like very no. suddenly. Because we were a good transition team at one point, right? Yes. I thought. I thought so too. I used to think so. So, but now we're not. Um, I I do have one other thing. I am s- still struggling to understand why Marcelo Silva is still our like semi-starting center back at a like a TAM level salary playing about half the games available. I, I just, I still don't get it. I feel like the coaching staff has decided that we have three starting center backs and they just have to rotate through them because you have, that's how you get three starting center backs in the game is 
Damn. You just rotate through them. But like, it doesn't work. It hasn't worked. Nope. It's nope. been a Every bad game idea. We need Jesse Clad in the game. Sorry. And for the most part, like Silva has just not been good. We've just been covering for Silva. Like every yeah. single appearance that he's been in, the only good thing he's done is he's occasionally gotten his head on like a corner kick. But even then, not really. And it has almost never been on target. He just he yeah. causes problems. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so we've got another game this uh this week. Two oh games. Are we two games this week? Yeah. I think I might try to be camping for the second one and maybe out of service. Um, Where are you camping? Well, I have received an offer to go camping in uh, somewhere in Logan Canyon, I think, to go take in some of the beauty of of the fall. Um, It's a good place for it, to be honest. It is good. And I know that Logan Canyon is also notorious for not having service, so I will be definitely not in the know on Saturday night, I believe. But Wednesday, however... I think I will be watching. And who do whom do we whom's to do we play? The Los Angeles Galaxies. Honestly, this is probably the best time to be playing the Galaxy. Wait, do they suck right now? I can't remember. No, it kind of depends on who plays. Um, they have they're one of those teams that like have like three or four players that if they play, they're gonna murder you. And if they don't play, then you can beat the crap out of them. Um, so. We'll just have they to just, they, oh, they just wait. They, who got a red card in their game? They lost they, to whoever they played last weekend. Gosh, they lost to Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Julian Arujo got the red card. Um, don't know who that is. I think he's they, one of their younger players that like is kind of good sometimes. Okay, so they they beat the they beat the Rapids or the, excuse me, they lost to the Rapids and got a red card 2-0. They tied San Jose the Saturday before that or the Sunday before that and San Jose is awful. Yeah. So awful. That's kind of good. Um they did beat the they did beat LAFC the week before that and LAFC got a red card, which isn't saying much cuz they suck and we beat them pretty bad too. Um they beat the ga- or the the uh, Timbers right before that 3-2. They beat San Jose the week before that, 3-2. They beat LAFC the week before that, 2-0. So they have not played good teams other than Portland's decent, I guess. Everyone else is awful, and they lost to the Rapids and tied San Jose. So this is probably a good time to play LAFC, or LA Galaxy, right? I would Kyle, think. some bad news for you, though. What? We are also awful. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's true. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of undeniable at this point. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, anyway, but I did want to end on a positive note, as I mentioned. Yeah, and Tyler Gibbons, he's the I looked up his title because I didn't want to get it wrong senior director of broadcast and digital, assuming the RSL club front office staffing page is up to date, which it often isn't. So, sorry, Tyler, if you happen to listen, and uh, yeah, anyway, but he said, so this was after we re signed Dami. And Demir said, from the moment I came to Salt Lake, it felt I felt like I was at home. Everyone welcomed me and my family. At the end of the day, it's not only about soccer. It's about life. I'm happy to stay here and continue to be part of the RSL family. I want to thank all of my teammates and coaches, as well as staff and fans, for making me a better person and player. I'm looking forward to giving my best on and off the field and be a role, play, a role model for other young players. And of course, I'm looking forward to winning something for RSL because that's what this, this club and these fans deserve. What a, what a nice man. 
But anyway, um, Tyler Gibbons quoted this and said, sorry, let me clear my throat. <clears throat> yeah, he said, let me tell you a few quick stories about Mr. Crylock. Um, and there's just a little tweet thread here I'm going to read through. 30 minutes or so after the 2018 playoff game ended in KC, Dami walked into the room Bobby, Delia, and I were working in. He shook our hands, gave us hugs, and thanked us for all of our work. I can't believe all the things you do for me. My family back home sees it all. The website, Instagram, everything. They send it all to me. I can't tell you how unbelievably happy it makes me when I get their messages. On the flight back home, Dami stopped by my seat and asked me when the rest of the staff would be at the stadium. I know everyone didn't travel. I want to make sure I thank them too. Sure enough, three days later, he walked into our office and made his rounds to every single person that was there. He did it again after 2019 season and told me he'll do it until, quote, I'm no longer in Utah. After each game, we text the, play the players' photos and videos. Whenever Demir responds, he always says thank you and asks for one thing, a team photo, a team or photo celebrating with fans. The quote, the family is what's most important. Go check his Instagram feed. It's always about the team or the club. One time I sent him a graphic we made for him and his response blew me away. Tyler, I love it, but can you switch out the picture? I'm wearing the captain's armband in this one. Kyle is our captain. I don't want to disrespect him or the club. Thank you. That's who Demir is, genuine, authentic, selfless, and one of the classiest humans I've ever met. A lot of the people at the club have stories like this about Demir, and it's what makes him and the RSL family so special. What a good man. What, we are very lucky to have this guy on our team. And I think he's a good player, too. He's also very tall. He's very tall. He's extremely tall. Oh, and that reminds me, I did become the first uh, haircut expert of the pod um, because I did, Matt threw it out there that potentially Demir had received a haircut close to the game. And I said that's definitely a four-day or newer fade that he'd received. But T Trevor stole the throne from me by making very disparaging comments about Kevin Stott's incredibly awful comb over um, that he was rocking during this game. And it never ceases to amaze me that men who have um, hair problems continue to do hair things when they, there's so much camera spending time hovering above their head. And this is a thing in the NBA, specifically I think of Alex Caruso on the Lakers. He's got just like this like, little fuzz going on like it's so thin that it's just kind of like hovering above his head it's like just shave it all off man because there's so much camera stuff going on like right up oh lebron is actually a bad one too because <laughs> the coloring he's got this hourglass shaped bald spot and he just colors it in with something but it's very noticeable when the camera's above his head luckily for lebron he's really tall but kevin stopped Whew. So Trevor, who's the who's the real haircut expert on here? I don't really know. I think we're tied. I don't I don't know. I just I took exception to you being labeled like the haircut <laughs> expert. I'm fine if we're both experts. I just want to make it very clear that I have opinions on haircuts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they are just as valid. That's true. Um I did hear from Demir's barber who did confirm that it was a new haircut. Are you serious? I, yeah, he sent me a message on uh, Facebook. It's pretty funny. <laughs> so I've got a, I've got a theory, so though. Fun. Like, he had, like, any player that, like, has a fade, like, for the most part, they've got to keep it pretty clean. You got to right? get cleaned up, like, once a week. Yeah, like, I used, 
back in the day, um, I used to get my hair cut like once every two weeks when I tried to like yeah. keep and maintain a fade. And like every two weeks, like it wasn't the second week, like you could tell that it was yeah. not crisp. And any player, especially that has a fade, like I know a lot of them, that's part of their like game day thing is to go get mm-hmm. their hair done and then they go to the stadium and do the thing. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he kept it neat and clean and yeah like it looked especially sharp that yeah. day and he did as did chris garcia <laughs> oh man that kid needs that kid oh my goodness he, i have Describe always it first, i have always 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 loved soccer for the haircuts because like in the 90s and like the early 2000s like if you had yeah. a stupid haircut, like you got more camera time and like players knew that and they loved it. And that's how you get players like Freddie Lundberg, who has horrible hair. And players Amazing like David, hair. Becker, David Beckham, who often had horrible hair throughout his career. But Chris Garcia, like it was a new level of goofy. Like he had like a, like a shaggy mop top kind of thing going on, right? Yeah. Shaggy on top, but then like a crisp cut like almost like a bowl cut but like worse like a shaggy bowl cut <laughs> like a shaggy bowl cut. but it wasn't like an even line around his head like a bowl cut is like it followed a contour that went down and around it was just like the bottom two inches of his hair was just cut like like shaved to the skin but the top of it was still completely intact yeah it was so bad and so good again I think it was only on TV for like 10 seconds because he only played like four minutes in the yeah, game. But you could really only see it when they showed him subbing on. I think he posted a photo. I hope he did. Um, if he did, I can't find it. Anyway, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was glorious. We haven't had a homegrown with that kind of hair since Benji Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> what is he up to? Uh, he, uh, as far as I know, um, went to Santos and played for their U23 team until he aged out of their U23 team and now has started like a gym with his girlfriend or something. Huh. Like he's like a personal trainer or some garbage. I don't think he's doing anything with soccer at all. Hmm. Darn. That's too bad. I, I also, I thought we also like posted a photo of Chris Garcia. Oh, I bet you're right. On the gram? I, been, it's not on Instagram. I got to find this. Um, I thought it was. Is it like of, a TikTok look? Is that what this is? I can only imagine it's a TikTok look. Cause is he, how old is he? Is he 17? He's like 17, 18, something like that. He's a child. He's a. Oh, yeah. First time making the game day roster for Aris. Um, yep, it's a it's a bowl cut, but there's weird. You can only see the front of his head on, in this picture. But he had such glorious hair. Like if you find his uh, um, welcome Christopher Garcia, like his signing picture. He's got some hey, flow, dude. He, he, he used to. Yeah, then he cut it into that. something awful. But as I said on Twitter, like I am pro awful haircuts. I criticize them, but I love them. Yeah. And I'm so happy when children do it too, on their yeah. debut, because that's never going away. You will always have that haircut for the rest of his life. <laughs>
<laughs> I know, good for him. I'm gonna have Keep a picture it. up on the wall. That was my debut, guys, with that stupid haircut. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna have to explain it to his kids. Oh, that's okay. so good. Wow, this is a long one. I just realized. That's yeah, a long I guess. One. Should we end there? Yeah, that was. Yeah, I, I missed missed hanging out with you guys. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed this. We should do it again. Hopefully, we'll do this again, and it'll be a bit more cheery this time. But uh, you know, if it's third. not, it might be because we've lost our third consecutive home game, a feat we have not achieved since. 2005. Oh, we've done this before. Okay. Once. That would be great. I would love for it to set all the records. Anyway. Um, Kyle, enjoy your camping. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. I hope I do go, and I hope I do enjoy it. I hope I do not get bitten by a large bug. Are, are you going to be taking your camera? Yes. Pretty please take a lot of pictures. I wouldn't dream of not doing that for you. Because Logan Canyon is one place that I don't go to that often, but it's one of my favorite places in Utah, especially in the fall. It's very, very pretty. Me too. I might have to just drive up there this weekend. It's a good idea. Yeah. Look for me. Okay, I will. I'll be just dancing on the side of the road elegantly with a bowl cut. I was going to say, share your location with me permanently, and then I'll... Always know exactly where you are. That sounds great. You, I would trust you with that information. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. All right, guys. Okay. Yeah. Well, see you. Okay. Okay.